Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's one of those stories that I was not expecting to happen. It's like something out of a a U.S. Men's National Team fans video game. Weston McKinney is heading to the Premier League, and he's heading to Leeds. He is joining Brennan Aronson. He is joining Jesse Marsh. He is joining Tyler Adams for what is going to be the most American lineup that we've had in the Premier League since the Fulham days. And I think it's even a little bit different than the Fulham days. I feel like these players, and to have an American coach, it's almost even a bigger deal now than it was back then. But that's not the only big story in American soccer right now with MLS returning in a few weeks the MLS season pass has arrived which has sent U.S. men's national team fans from around the world discussing what is going to happen with this Apple deal that really is the first of its kind in world sports and finally we've got a player spotlight we've got two players that are have made huge headlines not just uh, in American soccer circles but nationally we're going to get all into all that and more with the return of Brad on this week's episode of the Anchor Report what's up my name is Sam this is the Anchor Report a show about all things American soccer. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, ring the bell, join the channel, do whatever you can to support the channel. We absolutely appreciate it. We're going to bring in Brad and we're going to start discussing American soccer right after a word from this week's sponsor. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag where the game starts. So we are back, and more importantly, Brad is back. Brad, I haven't seen you since the World Cup, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, buddy. I definitely had a bit of a World Cup hangover there for a bit, but we're back, and we're better than ever, and lots to discuss. And boy, have the storylines just written themselves. I mean, gosh, this is what a time, what a time to be alive and, and be a U.S. soccer fan. So I know that you're an EPL guy. Like you cover the EPL, you watch a ton of EPL, you know more about the EPL than most people that I've ever met. <laughs> Weston McKinney is leaving Juventus. It's a, it's a, it's a lease to own deal. It's a, a, it's a loan with a buy at the end of it. Um, and he's leaving at a really interesting time. It's a time where uh, Juventus is facing all these allegations that seem to be pretty ironclad allegations that they could be facing punishment in the future. McKinney was one of those people uh, mentioned, one of the players mentioned as part of the uh, allegations in the investigation. He's heading to Leeds. He's going from a team in Juventus that is one of the classic great teams in the history of uh, European soccer over there in in Turin to Leeds, which is a a club that is at the bottom of the Premier League table, um, a team that's going to be fighting in the relegation battle. But he's joining Jesse Marsh. He's joining Tyler Adams. He's joining Brendan Aronson. What are your thoughts on this move for for Weston McKinney? Well, it's straight out of USMNT fans fan fiction, basically. Um, I, I, you know, uh, earlier in the season when Leeds took Chelsea to the woodshed, we saw that picture of Christian with Tyler and, uh, and, and Brendan there, and we were all shipping that. And then 
little did we know it was going to be Weston to join in, in the January transfer window. Now, Serie A is also a league I've, I've uh, worked with uh, pretty extensively. And leaving Juventus is not the worst situation, is not the worst outcome here. Um, they've already faced a 15-point deduction. They were second in the table, pretty pretty far behind Napoli. So the Scudetto was pretty out of reach, but they really had a good grasp on top four. They were probably going to be playing in Champions League. Now that's uh, pretty unknown. And uh, for Weston specifically, this isn't the worst move. He's always wanted to play in the Premier League. And also he does have experience in a relegation battle going back to his days at Schalke. Now the question you have to ask yourself is... um, do we want Weston playing Champions League? And the answer is, of course, yes. But you have to see the reality here is that Juventus is going to be hard-pressed to be playing Champions League this season. So really, he would only have this year in the Champions League, and who knows how far Juve is really going to go. So the Premier League is becoming more and more like the NBA, a very centralized uh pool of talents, and that's mainly coming down to the money uh, that's being thrown around over there in the UK. Um, And Weston is going to be playing against that high level of competition week in, week out. Now, the question uh, I've been asking myself is, there were links to Arsenal, there were links to Tottenham and Manchester United. Would you rather have him there fighting for 30 minutes a game, an occasional start here and there, or would you rather him go to Leeds where he's going to be playing every single minute, every single game, be a big contributor to that team and just have the cherry on top of being with uh, with Tyler and Brendan? I would actually prefer him going to Leeds. Um, whoop, <laughs> Mike fell down there for a second. But I would prefer him going to Leeds where he's going to be playing against the best players in the world. Um when you look at the top six and he's going to be playing week in week out. So that's kind of where I come down on the whole Weston thing. It it was a shock to me. I was thinking that he was probably going to be headed to a top six club where he was going to be fighting to get minutes, but this could be a really interesting solution. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, you touched on a lot of great points there. I think for me with Weston, it means a lot for me for a player to go somewhere where they're wanted and they're appreciated. Um, it never quite felt that way at Juventus, um, even though he seemed like he was always a player that his managers appreciated. Um, it always felt like Juventus has just faced a, a ton of injury issues, particularly in the midfield for the last few seasons. And it always seemed like Weston was just a placeholder until some of these guys got healthy. I mean, if you look at the, uh, the some of the payrolls for this for Juventus, you can see that Weston was getting paid significantly less than guys like Paul Pogba and, and Di Maria and some of those other guys, uh, Locatelli, who are, are the guys who were supposed to be the starters. Um, and I just didn't ever get the feeling like Juventus saw him as a long-term solution even though he was sort of that jack of all trades that was filling in gaps for him and and solidified himself as an every game starter. Now, going to the Premier League, going to Leeds, going to Jesse Marsh, uh, a club that is going to um, fit him like a glove whenever it comes to his his incredible world class athleticism, his physicality, his his movement. I saw a video that Leeds posted where they asked him uh, how he think he'll, he'll fit in with the uh, Premier League. What can he bring? And he talked about his athleticism, his physicality, and he is just an absolute monster at that. 
going to a place where he's going to be appreciated and, and be the guy right away, I think is, is a really cool step for Weston McKinney's career. I'm really excited about that. But the other thing, and you touched on this as well, is the Premier League is becoming the place to go. We're seeing player, we're seeing clubs like, I mean, some of the lower table Premier League clubs are buying up big name players from big name clubs and other leagues um, and just straight up taking them away. It's becoming that Super League. It's becoming that European Super League. I mean, The Athletic put out an article recently, uh, earlier, like a week ago, that said uh, the Premier League club revenues increase as the gap widens with the rest of Europe's top divisions. Uh, I, there's a tweet going around uh, um, about the uh, outgoing transfers for the transfer market um, this year. And the EPO had 830 million euros outgoing for the transfer market. The next closest was League 1 with uh, 127 million. And then it falls off to the Bundesliga at 86, La Liga at 32, and Serie A at 31. Like we can see this. We knew this was coming. Like We could see yeah. the writing on the wall that the EPL is becoming the World Soccer League. And it seems like this transfer window is really because of some of the other things that are happening around the world. It, the gap is really starting to widen and it's really starting. I'm really starting to wonder, you know, you asked the question earlier, would we rather Weston play a few rounds in the Champions League with Juventus when they're inevitably going to be knocked out because they're just not that quality right now versus playing week in and week out in the Premier League, which is becoming just, I mean, the top 10 in the Premier League are absolutely ferocious. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it does come down to ownership and money and uh, the murky waters of the financial fair play rules, which I, I, for the life of me, cannot understand. I mean, you look at what Todd Bowley is doing over at Chelsea, you're going, how is this not breaking every single financial play, fair play rule? I don't know. That's a story for a different day, but it is becoming very centralized and it's becoming a destination where it, it's going to, it's very visible, um, especially with the TV rights deals that have been struck, especially over the last year, two years. Uh, they've made uh, the Premier League very accessible to uh, every consumer around the world, which uh, is really giving them a leg up on everything. Uh, I think NBC's coverage, uh, is, they don't kind of make it an afterthought unless it's uh, a North London Derby. I mean, you look at ESPN's, I might be limiting my employment options by <laughs> saying this, but if you look at some of the other networks, I think uh, they kind of, unless it's uh, Bayern versus Dortmund, unless it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, they don't get as much promotion um, uh, as uh, the um, the Premier League does. When it's, uh, it's no question. It's not even a contest. There is yeah. no other league on American television that gets treated the way NBC treats the EPL. Syria um, and Champions League, CBS does a pretty good job uh, – with them, Syria is about to do uh, a, a fan fest type thing that the EPL has been doing. They're doing that in Boston. Um, so they've got something there. But just thing there is that Syria is a little bit behind the eight ball in, in, in the sense that they haven't been necessarily as widely ingrained in, um, in U.S. soccer culture. I mean, the Italian-American culture for soccer is... is unbelievable it's beautiful but they haven't really gotten those casuals uh yet 
um, which the EPL has done, which is why the EPL has been able to charge what they have charged. I mean, back in 2012, NBC got it for a song, and now they've really had to kind of pay up a little bit uh, as as more eyeballs have uh, have hit hit TV screens. Um, so yeah, I do think it is a landing spot where we're going to want our young American talent to go to um, because it's going to become that super league. It's it's going to become the SEC or the Big Ten where it's 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 the haves and the have nots a little bit. Um, so it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see over the next few years how um, the other clubs around Europe are going to. Uh, look at this and what they're going to do with the funds that the ridiculous prices they're going to be able to charge for their young talent that they have found cheaply over in America or South America or in their academies and they have groomed and and are ready to sell them for exorbitant fees. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that money to try and beat back the daddy warbucks pockets of the owners of the premier league teams well we know one thing that they're doing is the european super league i mean i i was reading some articles today about um juventus barca and real madrid uh fighting some court cases right now to uh kind of start that back up again and and you can understand why whenever you consider Mm -hmm. what's happened over the last six months and and those clubs Real Madrid, AC Milan, Juventus, Barcelona, um, they very much want to still be a part of uh, the being the the biggest soccer, most important soccer being played week in, week out. Uh, but it's just tough to match the Premier League right now. And if you look at the the health of, of those leagues in Syria and the Bundesliga and um and the uh, Spanish league, they're declining. They're they're flat out declining. And once you get past the super clubs, there's a big fall off between the next clubs down. And it's it's got to be difficult if you're Real Madrid or Barcelona or AC Milan to drum up the kind of support, the turnout, all that that's necessary um, to keep those big machines turning. Whenever you're playing clubs that for the past 20 years, your league just hasn't really spent a lot of money in promoting and spend a lot of money in um in actually giving to those clubs the the revenue distribution for the premier league is is way more evenly split compared to those mm-hmm. other leagues um and, and we're seeing those the 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 epl reap those rewards right now yeah. and we're seeing the other leagues struggle but i i want to focus on leeds a little bit more for a second weston mckinney's arriving is leeds gonna stay up yes and, and i i i i don't think that uh, they've had a few really tough stretches in their schedule. Um, they have a very winnable game coming up against Nottingham Forest, and then they have to unfortunately uh, play Manchester United in back-to-back weeks. So it could be, a, but then they have a few games that are very winnable uh, coming up uh, a few weeks after that. I do think that they have addressed a lot of holes in their lineup over the transfer window. They went out and got a center back who um, played uh, in their last game before the FA Cup break where they uh, held a clean sheet. And then they added the kid from Hoffenheim. Um, But then one of the things that was really lacking was a real box-to-box high-energy midfield guy that's going to play really well with Tyler. And, And we know... We know from from experience that those two can cook together. And I'm a homer, a hundred percent. But Wes McKinney's a player. 
Yes. I mean, he I don't know that he was ever going to be appreciated in the Serie A just because of the the type of style that he has. But mm. in the EPL, I am excited. A, a league known for just high energy, swashbuckling, get up and down the field, you know, a, a guy a box to box midfielder with his quality and his play style. I am so excited to see what he does specifically in that Leeds team that 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 just um that that machine they call it uh what, what do they call it like uh cocaine soccer man just <laughs> uh, just 90 minutes of just uh, just yep. going after it I, i'm so excited to see what he looks like winning headers putting in tackles and then making the the crazy runs downfield beating players in midfield hitting those passes you're not expecting getting yeah. on the ends of crosses i'm really excited about it I, I, one of the things that Leeds has been pretty poor at this season has been set pieces. And I think that's a place where we've seen Weston succeed a lot. Uh, I was watching one of the clips that uh, Juventus put out of him, basically thanking for him, even though it's a loan, technically. I don't know if you should be putting out the goodbye, thank you for your service videos when it's a loan just yet, but I digress. Um, a lot of his goals uh, were just great headers, most of them most of them coming off set pieces. I think that's an area where he can really help Leeds United. So from the Premier League, we go to another league, which has really interesting uh, broadcast rights discussions going on right now, and that is MLS. This week, MLS has uh, released the MLS season pass, which is going to be part of Apple TV. So you can get the Apple TV subscription and get access to some games, but you can get all the games. If you get the season pass, which you don't necessarily, it's this, I don't want to get too much into the dynamic, the different things, the details, because I don't even know all of them. Uh, I know you'll still be able to get uh, MLS games over the air through terrestrial broadcasts. Like normal, you'll be able to have access to some of those. If you get that Apple TV package, you'll get even more. If you get the season pass, you'll get all of them. You don't necessarily need to have Apple to get the season pass, but it's cheaper if you have Apple. Anyway, this is this is a, a, a new territory for a sports league. Uh, MLS has really made themselves the guinea pig of this. It is absolutely fascinating for a sports league uh, like MLS to team up with one of the absolute biggest companies in the world, um, a company known for innovation and a company that has legitimately changed the world multiple times in their history in Apple. Um, Apple is is taking a pretty big risk. MLS is taking a pretty big risk. Uh, but for MLS, I think that the most important detail for all of this was that this was the only real offer that they had um, that could give them the kind of money that they needed to keep going. So they didn't have a lot of choice in the matter. But here we are. We're about to start the MLS season. MLS season pass has been released. I, I got it already, so I, I'm signed up and ready to roll. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what um, the broadcast team is like. Um, they've brought in some heavy hitters from all around American soccer to do play-by-play, to do the whip-around show, to do content. Um, I'm really excited to, to, to see what it's going to be. I know you are in the industry and, and you have a lot of experience kind of on the other side um, of the television for these things. What are your thoughts for this deal? I'm very interested uh, to see what happens. Uh, one of the things, if you're going to pick a horse to bet on, I think, uh, if you're a sports league, I think, uh, Apple is, is the one to bet on. 
Um, and I think Apple's really using it as a proof of concept for when they go after the NFL or when they go after the NBA or whomever, really, they can point to MLS and see, say, look what we've done for them. This was uh, an underutilized product by other uh, networks, and now we've made it uh, something very uh very good and very profitable for our business. I think one of the most interesting things that they're doing and one of the um, hot button issues in the soccer community is Wrexham FC right now. They're basically strong arming all the teams into producing content in, in the same vein as uh, Welcome to Wrexham or HBO's Hard Knocks. And, and, and finally... I mean, that's that's one of the things that uh, I think has really been lacking in uh, in MLS is 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 the content and the stories uh, to to go along with the product that's actually on the field. And it's it's hard to um, it's hard to create a soccer culture when the soccer culture has only been around MLS has only been around 26 years. So it's it's hard to unless you're actually in one of those cities, have season tickets, your kids are playing soccer for the academy or or what have you. It's harder to get ingrained in in a club. So pairing the actual games with uh, with content that's going to really bring in your viewers and and, and form a community and a kinship with a club, I think can only help you. And I think that's, that's one of the really exciting aspects of the Apple TV deal. Yeah. I, th- I think it's fair that I point out some of the, um, the detractors, what, what, what they would say for this thing. And there's some, there's certainly some scary things with this. I mean, you're talking about a league that has struggled to, uh, get a foothold with TV ratings since its existence. There has been, um, some meager, um, advances over the years, but not the significant jump in TV ratings that MLS was hoping for, despite the, the jump in, in attendance and, um, excitement within cities, uh, MLS has failed to build that national TV audience. So going from, uh, um, a not great TV audience whenever you're having a lot of your games broadcasted and on ESPN Plus, which is a service that a ton of people have, uh, to a service that is one of the smaller streaming platforms. They only have about 6% of the global market compared to like Netflix, which is like at like 35 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely one of the smaller streaming platforms. Um, is this going to hinder that TV audience even more? And if it does... One of the really scary things is, you know, Apple is one of the biggest companies in the world and they're very innovative and that's a really good thing. However, even though they forked out what like a billion something dollars for this TV deal with with MLS, that's not much to Apple. You know, that, that that's not a big deal if Apple decides a few years into it, you know what, we're not really getting what we want out of this. We're not going to invest as much as we thought we were going to. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that that happens. So there is a lot of risk involved with this. It is a scary thing. Um, though I, I do, I, I've seen a lot of detractors out there today saying, um, you know, are, are kids going to be able to find the league on TV? And I was thinking like, are kids watching TV? You know, I think it'd be mm-hmm. way easier for the kids to find it on a streaming platform now than it would on, on TV. So yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. I'm very curious about the globalization of MLS that has happened overnight because 
Prior to this, if MLS wanted their games broadcast around the world, they would have to negotiate TV rights and get their games broadcast. And they have been doing that. They've, they've made some uh, meager success doing that. I know their games are broadcasted over in England, and there's a lot of English EPL fans out there um, that I've talked to. But with just a flick of a switch, MLS is now going to be broadcast in over 100 different countries because there's over the the um, Apple TV is available in over 100 different countries. And of course, MLS is has a schedule that doesn't overlap with the European season. So there's going to be periods where there's no soccer around the world and MLS is one of the few games in town and it's going to be available all over the world. I don't know if that's if that's necessarily going to be a big boon for MLS or what that means. I just find it really interesting. I think it's a, a side of this deal that nobody's really talking about. And, and considering yeah. how many players from all around the world that are already in this league, you know, if you're from Argentina or Colombia or, you know, some of these other places where these players are from, Serbia, you know, you, you'll you'll have an opportunity to watch some of your players from your country in MLS from anywhere in the world. True. And, and another thing uh, that makes this interesting also is the – explosion in popularity of sports gambling. And I think you hit on uh, MLS being the only show in town other than baseball for people to bet on in, in, in the summer. And people who love soccer are going to want to watch soccer. It, it, this could, I, I don't think it will uh, make the league uh, massive, but it's definitely going to bring eyeballs and, and definitely – uh, there are definitely people going to be laying down some cash on MLS when they look around and go, and I don't really want to bet on the Guardians White Sox tonight. Hmm. Sounders Timbers. Yeah, why not? Let's give it a go. And then they'll get hooked. Um, believe me, I've worked for sports gambling shows before. It happens very easily for people to start when during just a little sidebar during COVID, we were broadcasting Korean baseball and people found ways to get uh, their claws hooked in that. So if, if the Korean baseball league can, can do it, I, I definitely have faith in, in MLS being able to, to get a piece of that pie. It's a really, it, it's, it is so interesting. There are so many different angles of this thing that, that are just absolutely fascinating. The, the price point at a hundred bucks has been discussed ad nauseum on Twitter. Uh, people talking about uh, just, the amount of streaming sites that you have to have at this point, and mm -hmm. boy, do I have! I have ESPN Plus, I have Peacock, I have HBO Max, I have uh, Paramount Plus. I just got the Apple, the the MLS pass. So, I mean, I'm forking out a a, a pretty good. I, I think I estimated like two hundred seventy five dollars a year or something like that mm -hmm. on subscriptions um, just to watch all these games. But at the same time, whenever you consider some of the other hobbies I have and how much money I spend on them, it's really not that much money. I mean, for the for the amount of entertainment that I get, you know, that's how I justify to myself. I mean, if you think about like um, a trip to the golf course, you might be spending a hundred bucks, you know, yeah. just 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 for the greens fees and your drinks and your food and whatever else. Um, not to mention all your clubs and, and whatever yeah. else. You know, whatever your hobby is, if you go out on the weekend and, and you go to a restaurant, you're probably spending hundred dollars just depending on how many people are with you. So yeah. um, the, the amount of uh, access that we have to games is, is pretty incredible. Oh, for Sam, the, amount of the money difference that we have. between you living in New Orleans and Louisiana and me living in New York City. Go on out for a dinner for a hundred bucks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that is going to leave comments. I can't leave my house without spending 40 bucks. But yeah, you know, <laughs> you think about just 
just how much things cost now. Yes. Um, I, I don't think that it's a tremendous investment if you want to watch. If you don't want to watch, then you weren't going to buy it anyway. So what's what's the point? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated by how, how it's all going to play out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. Definitely excited. All right. Well, that brings us to our final topic. I, I want to spend some time to highlight some players of the week. And, and maybe these aren't the, the most important players of the week because I think Weston McKinney is, is, a, is the, the story of the week for sure. But I want to highlight some other guys. I asked you to, to highlight a player this week. Who do you got? Well, uh, this man has played with my emotions so many times. I can't tell you, you, you follow me on Twitter. So you know how many times I've gone. I can't take it anymore. When someone posts a picture of Fuller and Balogun with a American flag and the eyes emoji, it's every week with this guy. And now he's banging hat tricks and top of the league on and scoring. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, can we get our, our, our house in order on, on, on on the on the general manager coach and all that situation because this dude is gonna be a guy man and if we aren't careful i mean england's always kind of been a dream for him but we're not a bad option as as well and, and he last summer uh posted a picture in brooklyn about 10 miles from where i'm from and he posted a picture of the brooklyn skyline and it said home with an american flag and i was like it's finally happening it's finally and then it hasn't happened yet so it's it's every week with this guy and and we saw the talent in the arsenal academy and there just wasn't a spot for him there at that time and then he was loaned out uh in, in into the championship and now he's been loaned out to league on uh, and he's really taken that next step this year to where uh, i was a, a little bit surprised when arsenal announced before the january transfer window that they weren't going to recall his loan um, but I definitely think uh, that's probably because Nketiah has been doing so well in the absence of Gabriel Jesus. But I, I definitely think that he could possibly be called back next year and, and, and show really the quality that he's had and that a lot of guys uh, in, in, in the U.S. men's national team have known about. I'm mainly referring to Yunus Musa, who has said on multiple occasions, like, he's that guy. Um, I, 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 I'm... Every time I see him do something wonderful, which seems like every week at this point, I'm like, gosh, he's going to be wearing the three lions. He's going to be doing it. And it just makes me sad, Sam. It just makes me sad. Let me give you some names real quick. All right. For the three lions, we got Harry Kane, who's in his thirties, probably, probably not going to be around in international soccer too much longer, but we got Marcus Rashford. We got Tammy Abraham. We got Tony. I haven't told you. Those, those are the four on my list right now. I don't know if Balogun is quite in that discussion yet. There's Callum Wilson in there too. Um, yeah. I don't know if Balogun is quite in that discussion yet, but he's not that far away. He's man. not that far away. Um, but I think it, it comes down to him being cap tied. Um, when is that going to happen? Uh, is he wait? Is he is he willing to wait? three or four years because if if i'm if i were a betting man i would bet harry kane's got one world cup left in him where he's their starting number nine is he willing to wait till he's 24 25 to really get a good look at the england team and that's a big question uh because if if he were to uh declare for the u.s right now he would most likely i mean pretty much without a question be our number one guy um, so are you willing to wait 
three or four years to possibly get a starting job with England or would you be willing to come in now and for the country you were born in and and automatically be be the dude that's the pitch i i have to believe that the pitch was made prior to the 2022 world cup i have to believe yes. that he was reached out to and said look man this is who we got you're very much in the mix right now i mean yeah and and and, and all of his contemporaries on the us men's national team are around the same age so it's basically you want the job, go earn the job. It's, it's twenty-one not years old. He's the leading scorer of league uh, at the moment, yeah. and he just had a hat trick against Lorient over. Uh, I think it was Wednesday. So yeah, and had a big goal against PSG at PSG's house. I mean, come no, on. I mean if you consider the striker options that the U.S. men's national team have right now, I mean you have Josh Sargent, who I, I, you know, you have high hopes for him, but I, I don't know right now at this moment that he's going to be much more than a kind of yo-yo striker. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you've got uh, Jordan Peefock, who I, I think he is who he is right now. Yeah. I think Haji Wright, I don't know what his ceiling is, but I don't know that it's necessarily leading scorer in league. Uh, um, I, I mean, Ricardo Pepe is kind of out there scoring goals for Groningen. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be that guy in the next few few years few months i don't know um and then after that i mean it's kind of in the wilderness where you got brandon vasquez jesus ferreira um matthew hoppy is out there floating in the breeze i, I don't know you know so Falaire and balligan whenever you compare him to those names it's an enticing thing the issue is right now we don't have we don't have a GM. We don't have a technical director. We don't have yep. a head coach. We have no idea what, what's going to happen with the future of this squad. So uh, even if he was ready to sign on the dotted line right now, I don't know who's writing up the contract. Exactly. You know? who, who, who's holding up the jersey next to him? Um, quick sidebar. Uh, the video that Hibernian put out for Matthew Hoppy, Elite. Absolutely Elite. With the super bad reference, that made my day when I saw that video. Um, But going to to your point there, um, with uh, the hierarchy of U.S. soccer kind of being, it is what it is right now. Sidney Parlo-Cohn said that they were hoping to hire a manager towards the end of the summer, which freaked me out. But that also makes me think that it could possibly be a European coach that they kind of have maybe a a pretty easy verbal agreement with, but the agreement is we'll announce it after the season. So whomever that is, I mean, we can all make our guesses, but when she's saying announced towards, uh, towards the summer or the end of the summer, that makes me think that it could possibly be uh, a coach that's currently coaching in Europe. Yeah. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I know a lot, a lot of fans are like, we need to have a coach right now. Do we really? I mean, there's not a lot going on. We, we just had that January camp, which was, uh, I don't know that we're going to take anything from that January camp. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you, did, was there anything of that January camp that you feel like is going to have lasting impact on the rest of the U S men's national team as we head through the 2026 cycle? Not really, and I don't think U.S. soccer really saw that. I think they let us know that when they when they let Walker Zimmerman and Aaron, Aaron Long play two guys that we know we know what they can give us. Uh, so why why are you starting them? Um, but uh, I always get excited when I see Cade Cowell. 
I, I do. Um, I, I think he, he's just got all, he, I mean, the dude's just an athletic freak. Um, I, I just hope one day he can kind of put all the pieces of his game that we've seen in, in spurts all together. I think he could be an exciting player, but other than that, uh, another big takeaway from- was exciting. He had some nice turns on the ball. He had some, some exciting flashes. Um, I, I think it's, the two players who are actually in form right now, Sindejas and Paxson Aronson, um, looked a little bit more lively than everybody else. I think Paxson yeah. still has a little bit of a ways to go before he's really on the first team. But I think I think Paxson needs to get in the weight room because uh, there there were some moments where you saw his skill, but then he would just get bullied off the ball. Um, and I think I mean the kid's only what he's still eighteen, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know, but he's a teenager. Yeah, he's a teenager. I think uh, I, he'll get in that Frankfurt uh, weight room, and I think the I think they'll sort him out there. He'll be fine. Well, speaking of ones for the future, we had another phenomenal game from an American over the last week, and that was Taylor Booth. He had a game versus Azad Alkmaar, which was really, I think, a breakout game for for Taylor Booth. Um, the highlight reel just went viral across U.S. soccer fandom, and you could see him... I mean, really orchestrating the attack. Uh, some of the moves that he was putting in there against defenders, he he reminded me a little bit of Zendejas uh, from what we saw from him for uh, during the January camp. Um, just that quickness on the ball. Uh, also, his vision, his ability to set up and, and assist. Um, he really seems like a player that could potentially be in the mix for the U.S. Men's National Team in the future, which is exciting because it feels like there was a few months there where, where we were sitting there waiting around like, where is this? when's this next group of players going to come through? Um, I, I'm excited. Excited about Taylor Booth. Um, currently, he's playing as a right winger for um, Azad Alkmar, which is not great for the U.S. Men's National Team because that is absolutely a, a position of strength. I think he can play a little bit more inside, uh, potentially as an attacking midfielder, maybe in like that Brennan Aronson type of role. I think mm-hmm. he could do that thing that that pretty well. Um, I, I don't know that he's quite. Uh, banging on the door to be on with the first team at the moment. Um, though at the same time, we know that one of the biggest weaknesses um, from the last World Cup cycle was the eights and was the attacking midfielders, just particularly whenever it came to creativity from that position. Uh, so seeing Taylor Booth put together an exciting game like that and, and really generating buzz, I, I've seen some headlines that he was potentially a player that could have been on the move during this transfer window, uh, but Utrecht wanted to uh, retain his services because they think he's going to be important for the rest of the season. Did you see any of Taylor Booth's action uh, over the week, and, and what's your thoughts on the player? I did. I, he, he is he is exciting, and he has a great nickname, the Mormon Messi, um, which is just phenomenal. <laughs> um, he's great in tight spaces. He, he, he's a very exciting player. He's got great vision. He, he's very confident and skillful on the ball. Um, I do... Uh, get a little apprehensive when we're we're talking about teams in the Eredivisie because uh, we have seen some fool's gold there before every now and again. Um, but this is a guy who came up um, and spent some time at Bayern uh, as as well. Um, so we know he does he does have the quality. I would love to see him maybe get a move in the summer or if, if Utrecht uh, are able to climb high enough and get into European competition if he stays there another year. Um, 
that could be something worth watching and then maybe move in the January window this time next year. That that could be uh, something interesting. But he he is an exciting player and, and, and he, does, he does not lack for confidence. Uh, that's that's to be sure. And uh, he he and George, Georgi Mihailovic went at it in, in that game. And that was just really exciting to uh, to see. And it's it's. It's something I don't think we should be afraid to get excited about because, uh, I mean, the, I think one of this, the things he, he was lacking was just consistent minutes. And, and now that he's getting them and, and he's, he's showing that he does have that quality, I think, you know, he, he could be one to really maybe call in for Gold Cup or, or Nations League uh, and, and really get a solid look and a chance. Yeah, you make some good points, man. I mean, there is an absolute laundry list of players who have shown some really exciting things in the Eredivisie, only to not be able to replicate that whenever they moved on to uh, stronger competition. And that goes back to a long way whenever the Eredivisie was. I, I feel like the Eredivisie was a lot higher quality, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a decade ago, maybe when uh, Josie Altidore was still playing yep. in that league. Compared to what it is now, it, it has fallen off a bit, just like a lot of the second tier leagues from around Europe have fallen off a bit, fallen on uh, tough, tough financial times, particularly after COVID. Um, so there is that. There is that take it with a grain of salt aspect to this whole thing. Um, however, I, I think considering just the the dearth of, of exciting uh, prospect news in the U.S. men's national team front. I, I'm really excited about this. Uh, maybe Kevin Paredes deserves a shout out. He got a goal Absolutely. recently. So yeah. he's he's been a favorite of mine that I'm always excited to see what he does. But uh, yeah, Taylor Booth put together a really exciting um, exciting game of, of soccer against Azad Alkmar. I think he's up there with me with Zendejas now as, as players. I'm excited to see if they can make that leap between um, maybe – um, second tier national team players versus first tier national team players or are they going to be have the quality for the senior team um, all that to be determined uh, maybe we probably need a head coach in order to kind of figure all that out but you know, there's there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of soccer ahead of us I think most importantly uh, I believe the Premier League returns this weekend and we might have that opportunity to see Wes McKinney take the field for Leeds yep uh, they are this Sunday at nine o'clock i believe uh against nottingham forest at nottingham forest um which is a game that i could absolutely see them wrong i mean he's been there for a while so he's gonna have a few training sessions uh with the team so i i I would be i would be surprised unless he has has a little knock or anything like that i i would be surprised if he didn't at least come off the bench for them this weekend i mean come wesson get out there and play with tyler dude you know you've been playing with the kid for your whole life you know what to do man get out there i'm so excited for that i think that's going to be absolutely electric brad i appreciate you coming on i appreciate you returning it's been a hell of of a week of soccer uh is there any parting words that you want to leave everybody with more to come baby we got more to come i mean january camp i think both of those games we we could have just slept through and you know not really missed much cut the highlights in the morning but we've got some official fifa windows coming up here soon and in march there's there's more to come and and we will not be in the wilderness for too long. Uh, I think this team will have an identity. I think there are so many exciting things in the in the future uh, for this team. Mainly, I'm really excited about the Copa America uh, with the prospects of it's, it being here and basically being a dry run for the World Cup. I think that's going to be great. And I don't think it'll be too much longer until we get some announcements on the 
firm direction of uh, where our, our, our men's team is heading. And uh, I think I think we're in for some exciting times. We just got to muddle through the next few months. Well, we have a U.S. men's national team playing right now. It's just playing in Northern England at the moment for uh, for Leeds United. So that's going to be, Leeds I think, must-see TV for, oh my goodness. It's gonna be I, I think TV. Jesse makes him say the Pledge of Allegiance in the locker room before the four games. <laughs> I can't wait to see how that plays out. I mean, the League Cup, I think, is going to be just huge in, in, in the United States, huge in this continent. Um, yeah. In the start of the MLS season, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how the rollout's going to be with Apple TV. Um, a lot of of really interesting things curious to see what happens with juventus and kind of the fallout there in syria mm-hmm. um that's going to be absolutely fascinating and the champions league is about to start up again so we'll, we'll have a ton of storylines there the return of the, the return of christian pulisic do you remember that guy what, what the, yeah. we have no idea when he's going to be coming back uh we haven't they gotten did much say he was there. ahead of schedule i don't think it, i don't think we're going to have the christian geo showdown though unfortunately uh with in the Champions League, but it, it, there was some good news that he is reportedly ahead of schedule. I think we'll leave it there this week, guys. Thank you so much for watching. If you haven't yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. You can really support the channel if you want by becoming a member. Shout out to the tier two members, Manuel Alivares, Matthew Doyle, Matthew Hanna, Michael Baker, Dan McVeigh, Mike Irish, Aaron M, 427 Motorsport, and expats everywhere. You can get the Yank Report podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for watching. My name is Sam on behalf of Brad, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.